0: Let's get back to though that uh, that supply and and confidence agreement negotiated or announced this morning, at least between the NDP and the Liberals, uh, that will see the Liberals ostensibly stay in power until the fall of 2025, with NDP support in return for agreeing to push forward some NDP priorities, such as a dental care plan and pharmacare. But why now? The Liberals didn't seem to face any threat of the government falling, particularly from the NDP. The Conservatives are heading into another leadership race. So we thought we'd ask Will Stewart. He's the National Lead for Public Affairs at Hill and Knowlton. He also previously served as chief of staff to the Honourable John Baird in a variety of portfolios in the province of Ontario, Will Stewart, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Ben.
0: I found the timing of this to be surprising, I, I, and I was curious as to from from your vast experience where 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 you saw this coming from and why.
1: Well, you know, it's always, you always never anticipate the timing when something comes out of left field. So from that point of view, I wasn't surprised. But generally speaking, we've been hearing about some type of cooperation between the Liberals and the NDP, even since before Election Day, right? There was a lot of talk about how there was really only two choices, the Conservatives or a coalition of NDP and Liberals. Um, You know, all parties uh, on the, as part of this agreement today, the NDP and the Liberals denied that. But here we are just a few short months later, Dealing with exactly that, a cooperation agreement in the House of Commons to pass certain key instruments, legislation and priorities for for the NDP and, and the Liberals as well.
0: So in any trade, you would have to think that both parties think they have something to gain. What do you think the Liberals and the NDP have to gain with this agreement?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, for the Liberals, it certainly gives them, gives them a high degree of certainty, right? They know that they can probably exist for another couple of years. That gives a little bit of certainty to the political powers that be. Frankly, probably puts a chill on the leadership uh, camps that we're starting to form within the, leader, within the Liberal Party uh, as well. From the NDP point of view, they believe that they've got some success on some key policy planks. They're invoking the legacy of, of Jack uh, Layton as well, talking about how this is when the NDP are at their best. Where they can force governments to do uh, certain policy planks that otherwise just aren't possible. So I think both the NDP and the Liberals feel that they've won. The the Conservatives actually feel like they've won as well. They feel like there's now a coalesced government on the or coalescing of political parties on the left, which then gives them one enemy to fight. And if you notice in the press conference today, they were really the only party that was on their front foot. Nothing has changed for them. They're against the spending. They're against the social programs. What has changed is on the other side where the Liberals and the NDP spent most of the time in the press conference today on their back foot, explaining what this deal wasn't and how it would end in on the case of the NDP.
0: And that is where I was surprised, because it didn't feel like the NDP, given their financial situation, the lack of success in the last election, it didn't feel like they were in any position to bring down this government anytime soon. And the Liberals and the NDP could have peacefully coexisted without ever setting themselves up as this united you know, united punching bag, so to speak, for the for the Conservatives. Why would they do it then?
1: Yeah, it's, it's an excellent question. I mean, being in opposition in Canada's parliamentary system, in a Westminster parliamentary system, means holding the government to account, pushing forward your policy objectives, and withdrawing your support if you don't think that the government is doing what Canadians or what your political party would like to implement. That's exactly the job description. Uh, so all of this could have easily been done without any type of formal agreement. From the Liberals' point of view, they've got some of their policy planks in there as well. And they get, as I said before, they get that certainty now where they don't really have to worry about pleasing any of the other parties except for the NDP, which was kind of the de facto situation that we had going into it. What we've really done here is combine the two parties to provide a common punching bag for all the other parties to to attack.
0: You know, we we saw a supply confidence and supply agreement. In British Columbia uh, about six years ago when the Greens and the NDP got together to defeat Christy Clark's Liberals, who had in fact won the most seats in that provincial election. Uh, a very different circumstance. But in the end, because the Greens had no cabinet seats, in the end, they really didn't get to influence the government very much. And then the government pulled the plug on them and went to an election. They were, you know, They lost their privileged position. Has the NDP made a deal here that is actually more beneficial to the Liberals in the long run?
1: Well yeah I would I would argue yes I mean as I've said before like I don't think there's anything in this deal today or anything I heard from Jagmeet Singh's uh, commentary today that they couldn't have done Without a deal, I think that is exactly where where most of us are now are now focusing. The NDP, for on their side, will will actually debate and say, like, look, they weren't going to move on a dental program, they weren't going to move on some uh, emissions targets, they certainly weren't going to move on labor reform and electoral reform without this. So, I mean, Jagmeet Singh may have a few other little um, pieces of policy in there that he wants to to achieve, but again, at the end of the day, if the Liberals decide not to do these things. Jagmeet Singh is left with the exact same tools that he had before this deal, which is to withdraw his support, push to an election. What he's really done is say that he doesn't have the confidence in his own party and his own leadership to go to an election at this point, should the Liberals not implement the policies in this next budget that he's been pushing for. So, you know, in many ways, the NDP has kind of relegated themselves to the sideline for the next couple of years, with the exception of their regularized meetings behind closed doors with Liberal operatives.
0: The conservatives really did come out. I mean, swinging would be would be to put it mildly. I mean, the the, the sort of the viciousness sister, of the of the attacks today, even last night, you know, you'd almost think the liberals and the NDP had done this on purpose to anger people on the other side of the aisle. Um, but what did you make of the what did you make of the reaction to it? Was it over the top, or was it? Do you think it was it was fair?
1: Well, look, there was certainly a lot of anger uh, from Conservatives on social media, as well as uh, from the leader today in uh, in her press conference. Um, but I think, you know, the, the Conservatives should should take a step back and, and, and think about this just a bit. Right. This gives a couple of years for a new leader. To uh, be established and start raising some money, we know that in leadership races, nobody donates to the central party; they all donate to leadership candidates. So this will give a little bit of time for the Conservatives to, to build up the war chest. If things go well um, for the for the Conservatives, they'll be able to position their leader well for the next uh, for the next election. And again, this next leader will have a common function bag. He only has he or she only has one. Um, entity to attack the NDP liberal government, which is what um, the leader of the Conservatives classified it as today. But I do think the Conservatives risk going a little too far on anger. And we're seeing this a lot in the Conservative leadership race. Anger seems to be the word of the day for the Conservative Party. And that type of anger is is, is not reflective of an aspirational government in waiting. So they have some reflection to do and some tone to, to think about as well.
0: You think it impacts the leadership race?
1: Oh, it has to impact the leadership race. You think that many of these individuals got into the race thinking they could be prime minister in 18 months if they played their cards right. Now it's looking like four years at minimum before they can get a shot at that uh, at 24 Sussex.
0: Who does that discount then? Does it mean, does it mean delay? I mean, I suppose the race will go ahead as planned, uh, but certainly you think it would, it would advantage candidates such as Pierre Poilievre over candidates such as Jean Charest if it's a longer term thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think those are those are the two uh, front runners as I see them as well, both at different points in their political career, for sure. And I think this will weigh a little bit on Jean Chouret's uh, timing in, in his mind. Having said that, he's in now. And if we know anything about Jean Chouret, we also know he's a fighter. Uh, so I suspect he, we will not see him withdraw and say, ah, I don't want to do it if it's going to be this long uh, and this far out. Um, so I don't think it will change the current leadership lineup. Does it change future leadership leadership aspirants and those who were maybe considering getting into the race? Absolutely. Does it change campaign strategy? Uh, For sure, for, for every single one of them.
0: Will Stewart, thank you so much for your time tonight.
1: Thanks so much.